Hello, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, June 15, 2021, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 5, how it works on page 64, the second paragraph. We will be reading and commenting on that one paragraph only, which begins with, we did exactly the same thing and ends with common manifestations. Today's readers are Ginger C, Marge E, Martha Z, Christoph F, L, and Janice P, M. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, June 14, 2021, are 17,147 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 17147. And 17,148 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 17148. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ginger C. to read the OA 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics to practice his principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ginger C. I will now ask Marge E. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Thank you so much. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, every minding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thanks, Margie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph only, on page 64, we did exactly the same thing through common 
manifestation. I will now ask Martha Z to go ahead and read that for us. Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks for your loving service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Um, let's see. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered its common manifestations. Good morning, my friends in recovery. So um, the paragraph before that compares the personal inventory to a business inventory. And it says something about fact-finding. So that's where we get our searching um, in the step. And fact-finding is fearless. So it says we did exactly the same thing in our lives. First, First we searched out the flaws which caused our failure. And so... I was having a discussion with somebody yesterday, and I was saying, like, when I when I am helping somebody with the fourth step, I always start by saying, why are we doing this in the first place? And I'm always surprised that people people will say things like, oh, well, I'm just like looking for my defects of character, and and I'll say, well, why? You know, why are we doing that? And we're, you know, it's important that we understand that we're doing that because we're looking for those things that block us off from our higher power or what we would say the sunlight of the spirit. So um, I have done many inventories over the years. I, at this first inventory I did, I, um, I did it, I just wrote down my whole life history and I didn't, didn't help at all, but I did various things. And I, at one point I was, I was writing down, I had a list of defects of character and then I was writing in the margin, I was writing the people that I practiced those defects with. And um, mostly so I have my husband and my two daughters. And so this was years ago, but um, I wrote down the initials of their names. And so I have, anyway, so I've had like resentment. And then I had E for my husband and I had a for one of my daughters, and I had T for the other one. And every time I looked at it, it always said E-A-T. And I just I thought that was kind of humorous because that's exactly what happened. Every time I practiced all that, that's I ate. And um, anyway, I just thought that was funny. So that's my experience um, with that. So um, then it says, being convinced with self manifested oh the other thing i wanted to say about the inventories was i've also found that the big book ways of way of doing it for me was the most helpful and um specifically we're going to go into resentment tomorrow but especially for that but you know as our our um, massachusetts friends would say when they talk about the turnarounds like we we're, instead of saying it was always the other person's fault, we're starting to look at it from an entirely different angle, and we're looking at it, and we're saying, "Hey, maybe you know, maybe I had something to do with this. Maybe, you know, their react, their reaction w- had something to do with the way I acted." Um, anyway, so um, like I said, I found the big book way of doing it the most helpful. So then it says, "Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what." What had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. 
So I would say resentment, fear, and harms done to others. So I'm really excited about getting into the next paragraph. It probably is my favorite part of this chapter about resentment being the number one offender. And um, I just offer a, um, something that somebody said to me about that whole thing. And um, and that was I, was I was having this discussion with um, a psychiatrist, somebody in the program that just happened to be a psychiatrist. And she said to me, you know, um, I think for compulsive overeater that fear's the number one offender. And I remember thinking about it, and I looked at her, and I said, you know, for me that is true. I my in with my resentments, they had fear all over them. So I just offer that as something to think about as we as we you know go into the next paragraph for tomorrow. So anyway, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Martha Z. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 64, we did exactly the same thing through common manifestations. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Don't all speak at once. Jane S. Christina J. Okay, okay, hold on now, because now you are all speaking. Julie E. <laughs> Wait, Julie oh, E. Jane. Jane, I'll put Julie down here, but um, in between were Liz E. UK. Melissa C. Melissa, yeah. And then Red. was there someone, Krista or Crystal or something like that? It was um, Christina J. Oh, yeah, Christina J. Okay. Okay, I can take a couple more if you're anxious to speak up. All right, let me tell you who I have. James. Liz E. I have Liz E. I have Liz Who Who is speaking at the same time as Liz? Someone just said a name. Hmm. I have Jane, Christina, Melissa, Julie, and Liz. Did I miss someone? Kathy J. Kathy J. Blanca BG. And Blanca hmm. BG. Okay, why don't we stop there? Okay, and I didn't get the last initials on a number of you, so you'll just repeat that. Jane. Christina, Melissa, Julie, Liz, Kathy, and Blanca. Jane, go right ahead. Wasn't there a Jane right at the beginning? Anybody who sounds like Jane? I'm sorry. Good morning. My name is Jane S. from New Hampshire. Can you hear me now? Yes, S or S. S is in spark. Got it. Go ahead, Jane. Okay. Okay. Good morning. Uh, My name is Jane S. I'm here from New Hampshire. Uh, Very grateful to hear myself say that I'm recovered today. The first time in 
my whole life I've been able to say that and I've been able to say that for the last several months. So thanks to this group and everyone who's of service and shares. Uh, you guys have saved my life over the last five years, but it's taken me five years to drill it down and, and be truly honest. You know, I see the word honesty in here it sticks out like a sore thumb. To me, it's about my truth and my honesty and taking stock honestly. Um, you know, I've been in the, the parent program of, of this fellowship for uh, over 12 years, and I've been trying to get this program for 12 years that I had the other program, and it just wasn't happening. And um, and I have two have done several inventories, um, but never fully, never, never as completely and honestly as I have done this past one, this most recent one. I have this sponsor who is absolutely amazing. She has guided me through um, to really take stock honestly and look at myself and look at <laughs> my flaws and, and how they manifest. It's all myself, my selfishness, my dishonesty, and my self-seeking and my fears. And um, it's pretty simple how they manifest. When I looked at my patterns, it was very simple to see my patterns when I did this fourth step. Um, you know, my patterns... Um, are very apparent and today because I'm not blocked from my higher power with food I can see you know so much clearer and uh, it's just pretty simple I'm not very accepting at times um, I'm um, often try to control things even though I don't think I'm trying to control things I am and uh, I'm not letting go and I'm not trusting in my higher power that my higher power has such a much bigger plan for me and um, the gifts that my higher power has given to me over the last several months is absolutely amazing. It's miraculous. And uh, I just continue to be honest. I continue to look at myself. And, and I'm now finding out who I am and, you know, and who I'm not. And um, the authentic woman in me is now emerging. And I'm transforming in this, into this woman who walks in grace and dignity every day, um, well, to the best of my ability, uh, you know, in love and tolerance and honesty. Um, and it's all, it's not about them. It's about me and how I react to everything that goes on and outside of my life. And so for that, I'm grateful. And thank you all for everybody who's here every day. Um, this is just an amazing group of people. Um, I've never been a part of something like this. So truly grateful. Thank you. Look forward to hearing everyone. Have a great day. Thank you, Jane S. as in Spark. Christina J, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, everyone. Christina J from the state of Washington, recovered for today with God's grace and this book and everything. Uh, you all, it's a miracle. Um, when I first did this step in 2014, I was really a deer in the headlights during the whole reading of the book with my sponsor, and I didn't know... Um, I didn't know that this caused my failure with food. I thought, how can this cause my failure with food? I, I wasn't putting it together. But, you know, I was doing what she told me to do because what I found is that as I did what she told me to do, each day I had a reprieve away from the food. I had neutrality around the food. So it was working magically. So I just kept going, and uh, this step overwhelmed me. I had two weeks to do it, and um, <clears throat> I found each day it really was a treasury for me to get to it because as I began to write, all this heavy crap started coming up about um, 
just everything, and it just felt heavy and burdensome, you know, because I ran my life on autopilot numb, so I really didn't want to look at this stuff. I just wanted to imagine that everything was fine, and I'm going to go out in the world and forge ahead, and, uh, you know, why do I have to look at this stuff? Uh, but I kept doing what she told me to do, and what I found in the fourth column when we got there was just a miracle, patterns of self uh, and I did take stock, honestly. I wrote down all the things um, that were horrific to me, um, especially when I got to the fourth column and began to see my part. But the first column, you know, I just was like, you know, this person did that, and I'm jealous of that person, and they got what I didn't want, and my husband cheated on me, and blah, 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 down the line. But then I began to see my part and uh, how it manifested in various ways and how it had defeated me, had defeated me, it had been in the way of the uh, sunlight of the spirit. I had no idea that self could be such a big... I had no idea that I had a separate self that was running the show. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought everything I thought uh, pretty much that felt good was God. But that's not true. And if I look back, I see that my life was very anxious. All my life I've been very anxious, and it's something I'm working on now even today. <clears throat> I have no reason to be anxious, but it comes up. So uh, jealousy judgment. All of mine had patterns of insecurity and jealousy and judgment and, and that I wasn't doing something right. And every every column led to those same things. And the patterns were amazing to see. And it was just a beginning, just a beginning, because from then till now, I get to keep cleaning that up. And it, they have lessened immensely, but they still come up and sucker punch me in the gut sometimes. And of course, now I have the tens, and I have 11 and 12, and these things keep me clean on a daily basis. So um, it's a beautiful, beautiful step, and it's hard. Um, for me, it was hard to look at this stuff, but it was worth it. And, you know, action is the thing. We can lollygag along, but we got to get down to action and cleaning up the house. We can't just right. sit there in the dust because the sunlight of the spirit wants to come in, and if the curtains are drawn and there's a bunch of shit built up in the house, that sunlight of the spirit is not going to beam in and enliven our hearts. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Melissa C., followed by Julie E.B. Hey, thanks, Rebecca. Thank you for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, um, you know, I I was thinking when I was reading this this morning that um, that the, the, it says here that it caused our failure. And I was thinking, like, that's why so much of this book is devoted to step one. Because I have to see that, that the business of me is a failure before I do this, right? I've got to be convinced. And so I take an honest stock of my life and I look for the flaws in my makeup because the business of me is what's failing, you know, not my mom or my husband or my dad or my siblings. But um, but I have to look and see that first that my business is failing, the business of Melissa is going under and I was destroying myself and it wasn't McDonald's that was doing it and it wasn't Ben and Jerry's that was doing it and it wasn't my parents that was doing it. Um, but it was the manifestations of me, you know, the symptoms of my ailment, the embodiment of Melissa. And basically, you know, it was my fear. It was my self-centered thinking, and it was front and center. And, um, you know, when it says, like, the common manifestations, um, 
Well, it's the things that just, and I heard it said before, you know, it's those patterns. I had like, there was a certain script in my life, and I say it's kind of like if you you binge watch Law & Order. You know, after like the first couple of episodes, it's the same damn story. They just keep casting new people in all the roles. But the essential theme is the same, and that's what it was like when I did my inventory. And it was, at first it was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. Like, I, I'm doing the same thing and I'm having the same response since I was a little girl. It's been consistent, and, and I'm still living this way. And there was embarrassment about it, and, like, I felt, like, angry at myself. You know, I felt like all this stuff, like, how am I still experiencing this? And then there's great relief because, you know, there's that's the good news because this is a process of transformation. And thank God it was, like, clear what needed to be transformed. And here's the thing, guys, like, that's why we have to keep doing this because those common manifestations, just because I did an inventory once or twice or three times or more, they come up again, you know. Uh, these patterns, they come up again, and then thank God I've got a process that I can take it through, and I don't blame the rest of the people in my life for too long. <laughs> takes a minute sometimes, and then I get back to that. It's always me, and thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa C. Julie E.B., followed by Liz E. Hi, this is Julie E.B., and gratefully recovered in Colorado Springs. Oh, manifestations of self. How does myself show up? And, uh, you know, I just thought this was the most horrible thing ever, that it could really be, quote, my fault. Because, again, I was still in the blame. This big book says the world and its people are often wrong. We blame others feel sore, blame ourselves, this paraphrase, still feel sore. Either way, that's as far as most of us ever got. And so that's as far as I ever got. So if this was me, this is manifestation of me, that was the problem in my life, then wouldn't that be the worst news ever? But again, just like powerlessness, being either the best or worst news in my day, today it's the best news can't run the show, don't have to be in the future or the past, I can just be right here where I am. So my manifestation of self oftentimes was still more demanding, as the big book said. I wanted more, more, more. The opposite of an altruistic life and self-seeking, I give and I expect a return. If I do this for you at work, you should praise and applaud me. Um, But then I had this other aspect, manifestation of myself, that was shame. There was a lack of self that I'd worked on on a sister program for years. I think in order to turn, my my sponsor in that program had 20 years in in this program and 20 years of abstinence. And uh, it never occurred to me on her 20th chip when she invited me there that it had anything to do with me. But when she got her 25th chip, um, and I was receiving a chip as well, it was a whole different story. Because finally I could see 
that having no self, that was a manifestation of myself that led me to turn the whole world around me as a victim and allowed me to continue patterns Oops, that made me a victim. So I'm very grateful today that I can see that I am the problem because if I'm the problem, there's a solution. But most of all, what I learned in these steps is I'm the problem and my higher power loves me, comforts me, encourages me, allows me to be changing um, and pursuing progress, onward movement towards the goal rather than perfection. Thanks for letting me share today, and I pass. Thanks, Julie E.B. Next is Liz E. followed by Kathy, but first I'm just going to let people who got on the meeting late know where we are, which is that we are sharing on the second paragraph only on page 64 in the big book, we did exactly the same thing through common manifestation. Liz E, go right ahead. Liz E in the Good morning, Liz E for Elegant. Good morning, Liz E for Elegant from the UK, recovered very gratefully today. And thank you to everybody doing service. I'm here in sunny Bristol in the southwest of England. Um, wow, this is just amazing. And um, I, the thing that comes up for me is that in the last few days, I did the amazing support from my superstar um, sponsor who could be on the line. And I've been learning more about myself and what... Um, my manifestations are, I like drama. And I've only really understood that. And I had some pretty bad stuff happen at the weekend, but it wasn't my business. And I personally wasn't involved in it. I was close to people who are, but I need to get out of the way. And I just wanted to keep knowing more and more and more detail and was feeling worse and worse and worse and more and more disturbed. And I learned that it's my, you know, I was meddling in other people's business. I just need to stay out of the way. And this is a significant flaw in me that I just get involved in other people's world when it is not my business. They haven't asked me to be involved. I invite myself in. I ask questions, I then start getting really judgmental, I then start creating gossip and all sorts of stories, and then I start feeling really uncomfortable, and I was feeling shame and guilt on behalf of the said person, and wow, when my sponsor helped me look at that, I went, wow. That is amazing. And then yesterday in a step 10, an amazing fellow on this call maybe today is um, helped me see that something at work, actually that was okay for me to feel that that wasn't justified. And wow, because I thought it was all my fault. So finding, searching out the flaws in my makeup is just the most useful helpful thing because 
now I, I know what to do with that yucky feeling that I get personally in the pit of my stomach. And I know if I get that feeling, time to pick up the phone, time to take action, time to get to a meeting, time to speak to a fellow. Anyway, I'll leave it there. And just really want to encourage anybody who's new on the line. I had no idea what I was going to say today. I just opened my mouth and something's come out and hopefully useful to somebody else. Mm -hmm. Thanks a million. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Pass. Thank, thank you, Lizzie. Kathy, and I didn't catch your initial, and then after Kathy is Blanca BG. Go ahead, Kathy. Hi, it's Kathy J in Illinois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I love this uh, paragraph. It says, we did exactly the same thing. Okay, and so that's the first thing that tells me I'm not the worst person in the world. Everybody does this. And it comes down to instincts. You know, we, I rise, if I can do this step daily, I rise above those instincts and, I be, and I'm given assets and that's the way I'm supposed to do. So I didn't know how to behave different. I, be, I am not my old behavior. That's my disease. And so I separate myself from, from the illness and I look at the various ways in um, we. It says that one, two, three, R, you know, defeated us. Um, yeah, once I found out that we all do this crap, we all judge, we all criticize, we all, you know, blame other people. Those are symptoms of a disease. Those aren't who we are. And so the shame becomes you know, guilt. And guilt is a good thing. Guilt tells me I'm off track. You know, so these things that we've done, you know, out of instinct, like the fear, um, fear aggression. I, when I was afraid, I got mad. That was powerful. Fear's not powerful uh, to me. So, you know, I, I people please. But people pleasing really is manipulation. Well, that's a hard word. So this freed me. It didn't hurt me. It was hard to resist it. That was the awful, was resisting doing it. Um, and people are just mirrors. They aren't, they're just mirrors for me. They aren't the subject. Just because what the, you look in the mirror, you don't say, listen, the mirror's telling me I'm not looking good today. No, it has nothing to do with what the, um, the other person does uh, because I can't do anything about them. But I can learn to do something different, which is, you know, look at this honesty. What am I supposed to do instead of manipulate and, and be dishonest and hide? I was living in uh, compulsive, compulsive self-reliance. And um, my instincts were running me. My shame was running me. My fear was running me. And now I'm God-centered and considerate. Oh, my God, considerate of someone else instead of trying to tell them how they're supposed to live their lives. I mean, all this stuff, it's freeing. So I learned what, what can happen, what can be, um, who I am underneath all this nonsense when I rise above the instincts and learn how to, how to face um, my pride, my sloth, my gluttony, all the seven deadlies they talk about in the 12 and 12. Um, but we did this all together. It's no big deal. We're going to do it again in five minutes. You know, I'm going to screw up. I'm going to judge somebody. I'm going to tell somebody what to do when I shouldn't. You know, I'm going to, you know, try to manipulate a situation so it goes my way. 
that's that's the you know that's the way so we we have something better we have we have something better and it's coming in the next bit of pages so thanks everybody for letting me share thank you kathy j blanca bg and then we'll take more names Blanca. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Uh-huh. Hi, this is Blanca BG from Orlando, Florida. Oh, my goodness. Um, the very first searching in inventory, the very deep searching and moral inventory of myself that I did, I was new in OA, and um, it was quite the revelation. I It, it was kind of a little borderline traumatic for me because after it was done and uh, I had a sponsor, a lovely, lovely person. And I remember I looked at her and I just said, I, I never really had a chance. Did I, you know? And I mean, I looking back now, I should have known that failure was there for me every step of the way because of, all of the trauma and the dysfunctional situations that happened to me in my life. If only I could have known then that I I really didn't stand a chance. And immediately at that point, tremendous resentment came up. And I just started, you know, well, how could they look what they did? And they're the reason that's why I'm a failure. And that's why nothing ever worked in my and on and on I went, and I remember my my sponsor just looking at me with the with this most beautiful expression in her in her eyes, and she just listened, and she just let me go on and on, and I was crying because I was, well, it's their fault, it's them, it's them, and she just looked at me, and then finally, after I was done, said, "All right, then, are we going to live in that?" Or are we going to begin the work? It's your choice. It's your choice. Are you going to let your ego, everything that went wrong and all the things that didn't happen, are you going to live your life, every moment of your life like that? Or are we going to go from here and trudge through it and make your life happy, joyous, and free? And I know she said to me, and I know that's hard to imagine right now. But it can be done. This program is simple, but I never said it was easy. And I remember her saying that to me. And then I realized I had work to do. And, it, that, and I realized also I didn't want to stay back there. I wanted to get better. I wanted to get well. And most of all, I wanted to stop eating and that's when I had to start, the peeling began, the peeling of the onion began. And because I had no idea of the, the pool of resentment time, I was living in an anger and hostility. And I'm glad to say that through the, uh, through this, for the grace of this program, uh, life is so much better. And on that, I will pass. Thank you, Blanca BG. 
Okay. Uh, let's see here. If you haven't shared on a vision for you on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 64, we did exactly the same thing. Stay calm and manifestation. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. I am Nancy. 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 Nancy because I picked up on names further on when I could hear them. So I heard Nancy, Irene, Liz T, Barbara E, and there might be time for a fifth person. Somebody wants to give me your name. No? Donna S. I got Donna. Okay. All right, we've got Nancy, Irene, Liz, Barbara, and Donna. Nancy, go right ahead, and everybody give us your initials of your last name when you share. Nancy's up. Oh, Nancy. No, Nancy? How about Irene? I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Oh, is this Nancy? Yes. I hear you now. Go ahead, Nancy. Oh, I was talking away? <laughs> Thank you. Um, Nancy T., grateful to be recovered today. Um, I Anytime there's a paragraph that talks about honesty, um, I always feel the little nudge to share because in my disease, I am the biggest liar ever. And I always find that um, a little bit shocking when I do my inventory process that it comes up so much because in recovery, I pride myself on having integrity. But I am the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In my disease, I am nothing of the person that I am in recovery. Um, so it says we did exactly the same thing. Well, what was that? We took inventory. So I'm taking inventory of my life and trying to look at the flaws that caused my failure. I like how Melissa C. brought up that thing about our failure. You know, we've heard it people share in the meetings before that if I hired a manager to run my life and they did the job that I did, I would have fired them on the spot. You know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Um, and yet, me running it myself, I think I'm doing a pretty good job, but then look at the results. The results are a failure. I, I, there's just no question about that. So, um, once I recognize that, then I have to take stock and look for the common manifestations. How does the dishonesty, um, manifest itself in my life? What are the manifestations? Those are the character defects that, um, block me from being able to have a relationship with my higher power. You know, the dishonesty, the selfishness, the self-seeking, the gossip, the pride, the procrastination. There's just all forms of um, character defects that show up. And you know what? As I go through my inventory, they're the same ones every time. I'm consistent in my defects. 
And one of the things my sponsor had me do on this inventory was also do a, another column after that, a column five, to look at um, what's the opposite of that character defect? What's the asset that I want to strive for? And by doing that, I became very familiar with what the opposite of my defects were so that when they pop up, because they will, we know when we get down the road that they are going to pop up. Um, when they pop up, I ob right away I can go, oh, that's selfishness. So the opposite is unselfish. How can I be unselfish? Well, I need God's help. So God, please help me to be unselfish. And it was really quite um, educational in a way. I could see that, you know, I don't have to live in the character defects. I can strive to be the opposite. And so anyway, great paragraph. Thanks. I loved hearing all the shares. And thanks for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. Irene, and then Liz T. Go ahead, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., a recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, doing the fourth step, I love what a previous chair said. It's like, what does doing all this stuff have to do with uh, helping me recover from bulimia? And um, and I just love to get back to the source and the root is, you know, the, the reason I eat is because I am so upset. It's the buildup of human emotion, the emotion that I don't know what to do with it because it feels like it's killing me. And, um, but I love... <laughs> So many things that this book says that is so true. It's a thousand different forms of self-centered fear. And I used to not understand what self-centered fear was. But I think that self-centered fear is tied to my anxiety. And I'm talking high-level anxiety over fear of rejection, being left out, um, fear of not being liked, fear of being judged. Oh, my gosh. And all of that centers around my sense of, of unworthiness, of not being enough, not being good enough. And all of that is in my thinking. And what my sponsor did through this process that, that was just so healing to me was, um, and I'm so hard on myself oh my gosh my inner critical parent is oh he's relentless and cruel and unforgiving and I am my own worst critic and as I was going through this process I was damning myself and downing myself and she says oh Irene my gosh please stop see how badly you treat yourself and then she would show me that the things I was judging myself so harshly about were normal human emotion. I was no monster. I'm no worse than anyone else. We are all human. We all do things that we're not very proud of. We all do things less than perfectly. We have all failed. I more than anyone. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I'm just very grateful for vision and each and every one of us 
who continue to work this program and who are willing to look at ourselves honestly. Oh my gosh, that word, honestly. I was unable to do that because I was in denial. I didn't see what I didn't see, not because I didn't want to see it. I didn't see it, period. And it's taken so much for me to learn a little bit of honesty. And with that, I pass. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Irene B. Liz T. followed by Barbara E. Hi, good morning. This is Liz T. I'm a recovered compulsive, grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Minnesota. And thanks for everybody doing service and welcome to any newcomers. Um, I was just looking at this paragraph and I noticed the word, you know, manifested or manifestation showed up twice. And I looked up that word and it's a symptom, sign or symptom of an ail, of an ailment. Um, and so I'm always reminded, you know, that I have a disease, I have an illness, I have an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, and um, I will always go back to compulsive overeating as a way of coping with life if I don't find a new way, a better way of life, a design for willing, uh, a design for living that really works that we find in this program and a connection to a higher power to remove these blockages so I can gain access to that power and cooperate and be aligned with that power. So um, those manifestations of self, um, we were told about those, you know, back on page 62, um, selfishness, um, selfishness, self-centeredness that we think is the root of our troubles. Um, driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity. We step on the toes of our fellows and they retaliate. And I just think back to my, you know, pre-OA days, um, seven years ago, I was stepping on a lot of toes of people and they were retaliating and I was becoming the victim, you know, poor me. And it was my self-will run riot getting me into those situations. I was giving my opinion when it wasn't asked for. I was um, trying to uh, manipulate in relationships, telling my brother how he should live his life, getting involved in a family feud that later, um, with God's grace, has been, um, I've been able to make those amends and I see the healing going on in our family. Um, but I, I many, many times put myself in that position to be hurt. And then poor me, I guess I got to eat over that because poor me, um, you know, if you had my life, you would need to eat too. That was, that was basically my, my motto. And, um, so I was in a lot of pain. It was a very painful way to, to exist. And, um, I know when I would first get abstinent, um, you know, you put down the food and, and life pops up all the problems that you you had at that time they become more visible you get clarity when you're in when you're abstinent and have have clarity and and time away from the food and um here we are in step four this is usually an uncomfortable step because we're looking at all of that square in the eye um and and seeing our our patterns like like many have mentioned this morning that column four we start to see our patterns and um see how we get the ball rolling you know, how, to, how did we get the ball rolling? And um, that isn't always an easy thing to look at, but, but it is so freeing. It is so freeing. And um, if the problem isn't me, then there is no solution, right? So um, thanks for everybody for being here and have a great 
great morning. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Liz T. Barbara E., if you by any chance could take two minutes, then Donna could also have two minutes. We'll see how it goes. Go ahead, Barbara E. Barbara E. Barbara. Star one to Oh, finally. A little man was talking to me, and I don't know who he was, but I'm glad I'm unmuted. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing for me to always remember, because resentments and fear are where I develop my negatives. And when I get a message that I balk at, it's probably exactly what I need to do to keep in touch with my amorphous God. And the poor absolutes that we've been all listening to, honesty, usefulness, purity, and love, I always wanted to make me right, make me feel good, and make me feel different from everyone else. And there are beautiful promises in the book, big book, beautiful promises. But there are also warnings, too. Um, it says on page 14, if an alcoholic fails to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. That was so true for me. My sponsor keeps saying, keep your life in one hand and your food in another, Barbara, and just don't clap. And that feeling of shared in a common peril that they mentioned is one element in the powerful cement which binds us. But in itself, it would never have held us together as we are now joined here now. And above everything else, we compulsive overeaters must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us. And God, whatever it is for us, makes it possible. And though our decision was a violent, crucial one, it could have little permanent effects unless at once followed by strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in our lives which are blocking us. I tell you, I needed the roto-reader, roto-rooter man to come and unblock me because I was so resistant to looking at the things that I did that were wrong in this world. And I know that it's often difficult for me to to know whether I'm in self-will when I make a decision or whether I'm following God's will. That's why I pick up a phone and call another and my sponsor to get some different opinions. I have, so I could get clarity from people whose programs I like and respect, such as my sponsor and long-term members. And have I prayed about it? Have I written in my journal about it? Have I reached a decision and then sat with it for a bit instead of acting impulsively? I wanted to do everything perfectly. I was the queen of perfection. And if you didn't, thank you. And if you didn't see how perfect I was, I was perfectly willing to tell you. So 
This program is wonderful. It saved my life. Let it save yours, too. Thank you, Arpea. Thank you, Barbara E. I'm afraid we've run out of time, Donna, so I can't let you have a turn, but if you stay on for the next hour, perhaps you could be first, maybe. Um, so, thank you, thank everyone, you. for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity. Well, somebody's unmuted. Um, maybe it was Donna bowing out. Um, for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, June 15, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 17,153. That's 17153. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer. Will Christoph L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Hello, my name is Christoph L., a recovered compulsive overeater from the Philadelphia area. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.